0: Hey everybody, thank you guys for joining in with us this morning we 're excited to have you happy mother 's day again I know we 've already said it one time, but we love our moms who are out there you know uh, last week, I really asked a lot of people to share our content we realize and we 're so thankful for all the people who are sharing it 's a big deal for us anybody that would share and, and say this is um, man, we agree with this message. We're with you and we're going to help uh, share the good news of the gospel uh, to our friends and family. And uh, it's a big deal to us. So we just want to say thank you for that. You know, I was talking to a pastor uh, this week who was uh, just encouraging me with the, the power of a, a share. Uh, he said that they've experienced many people who've come to know Christ as Savior and Lord through this process, simply because somebody took the sermon, they took the live stream and they sent it to a friend. They copied the, uh, the URL in, into a text and, and texted a friend and said, hey, I want you to watch this. They texted a coworker and, and uh, out of so many people that have given their life to Christ, almost all of them came because someone personally invited them to hear the gospel through the word of God being preached. And so, man, I want to encourage you guys to continue to do that. The word of God will not return void. Uh, we believe we've experienced the power of God in his word. And so we want to encourage you guys to keep doing that very thing. Hey, also, before we get into the word, just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you to so many people that showed up last Sunday. You know, we didn't really take a ton of time to, to do it. We just felt like the Lord was saying, hey, we want you to, to love your city and love your community. And there's those who are in need and they're going to need food during this time. And so we just want y'all to provide it. So we, we just jumped on it and said yes. And church, man, you guys showed up in just an overwhelming force. Christian social ministers just, they were moved. They were floored by how much you guys showed generosity. And I just want to say thank you. Uh, man, the Lord sees those things. And I just want to say we, we appreciate it so much. You know, a lot of people are asking about when we are going to reopen and uh, we just want to say we cannot wait to gather in person. Uh, we are thankful for technology and we're going to continue to use that in the days ahead. We just want to encourage you, we are going to communicate uh, a plan uh, this coming week and, and share with you maybe some more details of what God uh, we've laid on our heart and how we can reopen uh, and how we can do that the best way possible. So we just appreciate your prayers. Um, we're just thinking through every detail. We can't wait to meet in person. But in this time, listen, we don't want you to just wait back and be like, oh, well, you know what? It'll be good when we get to go back in person. No, 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 God is good now. We want you to use this season now. Some of you have had family time you know, that you haven't had. You've Some of you are like, yeah, we got a little too much. No, no, you need to take advantage of those family meals and time together and you've seen neighbors. And, and so we want you to use that time for the glory of God. So remember, this is about having the right perspective it's not about the destination it's also about joy and in- enjoying the journey. And so we want you guys to continue to do that. Hey, we're going to finish out our Joyride sermon series today. Psalm chapter 16 is where we have been. We ultimately just believe that in God, there is fullness of joy. And we want other people to enjoy God too. Uh, We want other people to get the best out of the life that we have to live. And we know that that is ultimately found in God. And so today we're going to continue in Psalm 16. We're going to be looking mainly at verses 9, 10, and 11. So why don't you go ahead and turn there with me uh, and, and we're just going to get started. This is what he says in verses 9, 10, and 11 of Psalm 16. Therefore, my heart is glad and my whole being rejoices. My body also rests securely. For you will not abandon me to Sheol, you will not allow your faithful one to see decay. You reveal the path of life to me. In your presence is abundant joy. At your right hand are eternal pleasures. David is writing here in the Psalms, and he's encouraging uh, us as a a people to find joy and uh, to find enjoyment in God. That's where he has found it. He has made God his king. And as a result of that, I mean, he's finding joy in him. He's thanking God for his blessings and all the provisions that have come from God. But now he's going to begin to look toward the future and how he believes in and the spirit of God is gonna give him some truth of some things that will happen into the future and how that produces an ultimate joy. So I wanna give you a few things I believe we can learn from David in Psalm 16 that teach us about enjoying God and find an ultimate rest and peace and joy and satisfaction in him. Let me give you the first thing I think we can see right here in this text, starting in verse nine. And that is we get to enjoy God because well, we have His peace. We have his peace. Look what he says right there in verse nine. Therefore, my heart is glad. My heart is glad. Why? And my whole being rejoices. I can't tell you how many times someone has told me, Pastor, I just want to be happy. I just want to be glad. I just want some joy in my life. How do I find it? Well, listen, listen to what David is saying. My heart is glad and my whole being rejoices. My body also rests securely. He's saying, God, why? Well, because of you. If you go back and look at verse eight, he says, I'll always let the Lord guide me because he is at my right hand. I will not be shaken. So if you wanna know what therefore is therefore, go back and look. Go back and look right before it. And he's gonna tell you, God, because you're my counselor, because you're my comforter, because I'm in your presence. Lord, as a result of this, therefore now, my heart is glad and my whole being rejoices. I, I have peace. And this peace, it comes because now, Lord, I'm in your presence. Because you are with me. Because you are guiding me. Because you are sharing your way with me. Uh, what I like about this, though, is that the way that he breaks up how he has found peace in, in God as his king. Look what he says. He says, first of all, that my, my heart, my heart is glad you know, in the Bible, our heart represents our feelings and our emotions. We've all heard it said that our feelings and emotions will mess us up. Yet God still gave us feelings and he gave us emotions. Hey, today, many of us are probably filled with emotions and feelings about Mother's Day and moms and uh, reliving positives and hurts and pains. and, And God gave us feelings and emotions that we could walk with him and enjoy him fully. But in this, he says, look, my heart, it is, my heart is glad. My, and then he says, and my whole being rejoices. So it's not just my feelings. Some of you, that's, that's kind of how you think about your experience with God. You walk with God from feeling to feeling to feeling. You know, like on Sunday, we're worshiping and we're singing and we're celebrating. And you're like, yes, I feel God. I love you. Woo! And then... You go back like, to work on Monday and something hits you hard and you're like, God, why have you forsaken me? You know, like, why is life hard and terrible? And what happens is you allow your, your peace to bounce between feelings and what's happening to you in life. But David is saying, no, listen, I I found peace because you are in my presence. You are guiding me. You are with me. And I have hope for the future. He says, my heart, my heart is glad and my whole being rejoices. I love this because now he's moving that it's not only our feelings that God begins to work in and begins to guide, but he says, it's my whole being, all of me, all of of who I am, my soul and, and my mind. Then he he says, and my body also rests securely. This word body there is the word for flesh. In in the Old Testament, in their culture, they believed that the flesh was sinful and and that the the inside, our spirit, is what God would would change or transform, but our flesh was just always sinful and bad. Yet here, the psalmist David is saying, hey, listen, even my, my flesh, it rests securely in you. God, you are moving not only on the inside, but also on the outside. I've heard people say this a lot. Hey, my faith with God is just kind of an inward thing. It's just kind of something that I kind of keep like on the inside. Hey, let me just throw something out there to you. Anybody that would say, I get it. God makes everybody different. Some of you are, you know, you're the dancing in the kitchen, singing into a hairbrush type. Others, you are more of a reserved calm and that's good. God makes different strokes for different folks naturally. But when we come into the presence of God and the peace of God comes into our life, he begins to produce a gladness, a rejoicing in us. Matter of fact, I encourage you just to do a little study in the the Old Testament of what it means when they talk about praising God. He says in this passage, my body, my whole body, my mind, all of these things, they are glad, they rejoice. I rest securely in you because I have peace in you. You are my Lord. You are my king. No matter what's about to happen, no matter what's around the, the corner, no matter what's around the curve in life, God, I, you are at my right hand. And because you are there, I will not be shaken. I will not be moved because you are my God. You are my king. You are my foundation, God. You're my peace. Some of you right now, you are realizing that you've been looking for peace in all the wrong places. Your peace or security has been wrapped up in these other things, and when they get removed, it is like this void in this hole, and it's a void and a hole because God is intended to fill that for you. And and David is saying, hey, I've found this. My heart is glad. My whole being rejoices and my body rests securely. You see, God doesn't only affect us on the inside. God also affects us on the outside. He transforms all of who we are in our mind, body, and soul. He tells us that we should love the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, strength, and mind. You know, life can be like a boat that's, beginning to leak a little bit. I don't know if you felt like that. I've definitely felt like that at times and and maybe a little bit every week, I've definitely felt this way during this process. You know, a boat that's leaking, you kind of find a crack and you find water coming in and so you you quickly try to stop that leak and fix it and about the time you fix that one spot, water starts springing somewhere else. Anybody else felt like that? Man, if you're a homeowner, I'm sure you know you know that. By the time you fix something and make something right, something else comes up. Some of you might have felt that way with your honeydew during this process. Like as soon as you get one done, you got some more. You know, life can very much be about, you know, overcoming one obstacle and then another one pops up. Uh, As soon as a leak pops up here, another leak pops up there. And I guarantee that there are many of you right now watching this and you feel like you've got your fingers and your toes plugged in every possible crack that there could be. And if one more thing springs, you're going down. Life can absolutely Feel that way. I have definitely felt that way at times where I'm like, you know what, God, I'm going to get my mind right. I got to get my mind right. And then my body is not right. And then, nope, Lord, I'm going to fix my body. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. And then my mind's not right. And, and like you're jumping from one thing to another to get right. Hey, peace is not found in you fixing yourself, peace is not found on you plugging the right holes and making things the right way. And the peace is not found in those things. Peace is found in a person. And that person we're about to find out is Jesus Christ, this Messiah that would come. David is about to now make a transition and and show that not only has he found this peace in the Lord, but he's also found that he's found this power in God. He's about to transition and he's gonna move from looking at his present situation and seeing the blessings that he has in God. But now he's about to transition and begin to look into the future. David has put his trust in the Lord, and as a result, that's brought this peace. Yet now he says in verse 10, for you will not abandon me to Sheol. You will not allow your faithful one to see decay. What the Spirit of God is beginning to do in David is is to move his gaze from his present situation, and he's beginning to look into the future. Now, there are a ton of theologians who who strongly debate or have thoughts on this passage and exactly what it means. Some say that David is only talking about himself, that David is saying that God is gonna allow him to not experience death, that God is gonna take care of him and provide for him, and God is gonna work things out, and that he won't experience death until God is is at that place. But I believe God is speaking to a future thing. And this is not the first time it's happened. We know that Job is written well before Psalm. And and listen what Job would say in chapter 19, verse 25, 26, and 27. He says, I know that my Redeemer lives and that in the end, He will stand on the earth. And after my skin has been destroyed, yet in my flesh, I will see God. I myself will see Him with my own eyes. I and not another how my heart yearns within me. Even Job was understanding that there was one, a redeemer, who is going to show up on the scene one day and stand on the earth to fix what is broken and and not right. So even Job was able to look into the future and and begin to to know that that in God, there's going to be one who would come and fix all that is broken. And so I believe David is doing the exact same thing here in Psalm chapter 16, I believe he is talking about himself, yet he is also talking about the Lord. David is confident that God's not going to abandon him. Now that's one of one of the things he's saying here. I, I know, you're not gonna abandon me to Sheol. You're not gonna, you know, just allow me to die without me accomplishing what you want me to. And, and I, there's no doubt, I believe David is talking about that. He's also saying, nor or, or is this holy one gonna undergo corruption or decay. You, you've got a plan and I'm not gonna see Sheol or, or death yet. But I also rightly believe that though David is talking some about how God is gonna provide for him, I fully believe that the Holy Spirit of God has allowed David to look into the future and know that there is from his seed from the lineage of David, his holy child, that there's gonna be one who would come that would be the redeemer of all people, the one that would fix all things that are broken. Hey, broken. So he's, he's saying, nor his holy one to undergo corruption or decay. I believe he's talking about this Messiah the son of God who would come to take away the sins of the world. So the spirit of God begins to move David to consider his great son. It's the son that would come and be the promised one Uh, out of Genesis, the promised seed that would crush the serpent's head. The one that Psalm chapter 2 talks about, this anointed, the Lord's anointed one who would show up on the scene. The one that Psalm 8 talks about, this prototypical son of man that is that God is going to use, this righteous sufferer Or Psalm chapter 22 that would be saved from the power of the dog and the lion's mouth in chapter 22 verses 20 through 21. I believe all of this is pointing to Jesus, this Messiah. So David is now looking down the, the, the lane of the future. And he's seeing that there's going to be one who's going to come and God is going to allow him to not experience death. He will not decay. Uh, He will not stay dead. You know, Peter saw the exact same connection. In Acts chapter two, uh, these these groups of people are in this upper room praying and uh, God told them, you wait and this power is gonna come upon you. So they're in this upper room praying and the Holy Spirit of God, the promised presence of God and the power of God, this paraclete, this helper would come along beside them. And, and that happened, they're praying and the Holy Spirit of God will fall on them. And with power, Peter steps out and begins to preach the good news of Jesus Christ to, to all the people who were there. And this is what Peter, says in Acts chapter 2, starting in verse 22. Remember, the words are going to come on your screen. You can just read it as I read it out loud. He says, fellow Israelites, as he's preaching, listen to these words. This Jesus of Nazareth was a man attested to you by God with miracles, wonders, and signs that God did among you through him, just as you yourselves know though he was delivered up according to god's determined plan and foreknowledge you use lawless people to nail him to a cross and kill him god raised him up ending the pains of death because it was not possible for him to be held by death for david says of him i saw the lord ever before me because he is at my right hand i will not be shaken therefore my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices moreover my flesh will rest in hope because Because you will not abandon me in Hades or allow your Holy One to see decay. You have revealed the paths of life to me. You will fill me with gladness in your presence. Brothers and sisters, I can confidently speak about the patriarch David. He is both dead and buried and his tomb is with us to this day. Since he is a prophet, He knew that God had sworn an oath to him to seat one of his descendants on his throne. Seeing that what was to come, he spoke concerning the resurrection of the Messiah. He was not abandoned in Hades and his flesh did not experience decay. God has raised this Jesus. We are all witnesses of this. Therefore, since he has been exalted to the right hand of God and has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit, he has poured out what you both see and hear. Oh, Peter would preach Psalm 16 and use this as an evidence of the Messiah, the Son of God had come and lived and died and had risen from the dead. And this is what he tells them, which we have all seen. We saw him die on the cross and we saw him sealed in the tomb, but we saw him alive. And you are witnesses to this. And this is fulfilling what David told us hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of years ago. And now I'm here to share the good news of today of the power of God, the same power that rose Jesus from the dead. Peter is saying that power is now in me to deliver this message to you that the tomb couldn't hold him, that he died for you and I and he's risen and he is alive. And now he's offering that life to you and I. Paul would also experience, Paul was a church planning missionary and uh, God would use him to preach the gospel and thousands to be saved and churches to be planted and to reach tons of people. A lot of the New Testament is written by the apostle Paul. This is what Paul would say in Acts chapter 13, verse 35. Therefore, he also says in another passage as he's preaching, you will not let your holy one see decay. For David, after serving God's purpose in his own generation, fell asleep, was buried with his fathers and decayed. So he's saying, listen, th- that verse was not just about David because he did die and his body did go into a tomb and his body did decay. We, we know this. Therefore, let it be known to you, brothers and sisters, that through this man, forgiveness of sin is being proclaimed to you. Everyone who believes is justified through him. From everything that you could not be justified through the law of Moses. Man, even Paul says, understand that promise. It was not fulfilled in David. It was fulfilled in the Messiah, the promised one who would bring hope to all people, power over our sin, power over the brokenness of this world. The Messiah It is Jesus. You've seen it. We've experienced it. And now we want you to know it. What does this mean for all of us? Whereas we read Psalm 16 and we're asking God to take us on a joyride. Rather, you're watching this and you're not a believer. And you're like, I'm not exactly there, but you know what? You want to enjoy life. You want your heart to have gladness. Man, where is that found? What we're here to tell you is that David knew something that would apply to you and I today. And that is that what sin broke, Jesus came to fix and restore. And that power for us to even enjoy the brokenness of this world, it is found in the presence of God. And we can come into the presence of God through the work of Jesus Christ in his death, burial, and resurrection. We started this sermon series, the Sunday after Easter on purpose because it's the resurrection that brings about joy and satisfaction in him. So David found joy in knowing that there would be a day that all of our sins would be paid for in full. And because of Jesus, we can enjoy the presence Let me give you that third point, and that is we get to enjoy this ride of life because we have peace that is from God, we have power that is from God, but we also have his presence. We're going to end with verse 11, like we began. You revealed a path of life to me. In your presence is abundant joy. At your right hand are eternal joy pleasures. You see, David trusted that God could bring and would bring one day life from death. Let me just say it this way. If David could trust God for the future, and today many of us would say something like this, no, I trust God with my eternity. Like I trust God to like save me and I I believe in him and I trust him for, for life and salvation. Like I got that. If we can trust God for eternity, then we can trust God in the present. If God is worthy of our trust for the future, then he's a God we can trust today. Man, I wanna encourage you today to place your faith and trust in Jesus. If you are saved, we need this each and every day. We enjoy his presence. Notice what he says. Where do we find enjoyment? Where are we gonna find satisfaction? Where do we find contentment? Where? In your presence, in your presence. Did he say it's a little bit of joy? Man, absolutely not. He says it's abundant joy. Abundant joy. You know, I I found often in my life that I felt that the need, maybe sometimes it's like being a pastor. There's these ideas of kind of like how you're supposed to behave or act. You know, you kind of got this mold that you got to fit in and, uh, You all who know me know that I probably struggle in that mold because, man, I just think that life is meant to be enjoyed. God wants us to be excited and and the world will try to tone tone down your worship. The world will try to tone down your excitement and the satisfaction that you find in in God. Not only will the world tell you to tone it down, but you know, sometimes that life will try to beat it out of you. Man, you're over here trying to plug holes and you're just, you found and you're just struggling and you're like, man, I don't, I'm not finding that. It is in His presence that there's fullness of joy. Man, stop trying to plug holes and just let it sink. Fall at His feet and trust that God, who's full of power and might, He can take care of our boat. He can drive us and He has us. So, what is it? Man, it's fullness of joy. Where is it found? It's in His presence. Man, are you living in His presence? I mean, he's spending time to worship and celebrate and enjoy God. You know, there's a a song that we used to sing and it's out of a passage of scripture that tells us one day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. You know, I believe that with everything I've got. I would rather spend one day in the presence of God than a thousand elsewhere. It's better to be a a doorkeeper in the house of God than be anywhere else. I, I would just rather be there. But you know what the good news is? The good news is that because of Jesus, because that Psalm 16 happened, because Jesus did come and live a perfect life and died for our sins and rose again, because of that work of Christ, I'm not just gonna get one day in his courts and one day in his presence. Man, because of Jesus, it tells me that at your, verse eight, in in your presence, he says, at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. It's not just gonna be one day. It's not just going to be like a little crumb of satisfaction. Maybe some of you, that's kind of how you think about God. God's like, hey, let me just give you a little crumb of something and, and you get to enjoy like some of life that way. No, God's looking at us and saying, hey, I have riches being poured out in Christ Jesus. Now, church, I don't want you to limp through life halfway doing it. I want you to find joy and satisfaction and pleasure, but you will only ever find it in my presence and in me. So let me just ask you as we close today. Number one, if you are a Christian and a child of God right now, and you feel like life has just sucked the joy out of you, you feel like life is just kicking you in the teeth over and over, and you just keep trying to live life plugging holes, if I can just plug this hole, then man, we can get this ship sailing in the right direction. And I just tell you, I want to encourage you right now just to fall on your knees right where you are and begin to talk to Jesus. Just tell him, God, I love you. And like David, he put his trust in you. God, I've put my trust in you. You are my joy. You are my satisfaction. And in your presence, Lord, there is abundant joy. So God, from here forward, I just want to follow you. I want to seek your face. But you know, some of you, you're watching this right now. And the truth is, deep down, you know, You know that what's wrong and what's broken is not just the world and and the world needs to get fixed and our government needs to get fixed and all, you know, who knows what's true anymore? Who knows all these conspiracy theories are flying around and news sources are flying around and we don't know what we can believe. And and man, your head is spinning and you don't know what to do. and, And we're going through all these things. And at the end of the day, At the end of the day, what's gonna make life right is not by changing your circumstances. It's not by making the outside better. Man, what we're telling you right now is that what's really broken is not everyone else. We are broken. We are sinners and our sin, as a result of our sinfulness, we can't live in the presence of God. Our sin separates us from them. But God who is rich in mercy, he loved you so much He cared for you so much and wanted a relationship with you so much that he left heaven and he came and lived a perfect life as a substitution for you. Jesus wants to substitute your sin for his righteousness. He wants to give you his righteousness and take away your sin. You say, well, hey, that sounds good to me. Like, I want that. How do I have it? He says, here's how. Number one, you trust him. You put all your trust in him. How do you do that? Talk to them, tell them right now, God, I do believe you are who you say you are. You're the Messiah who died for me. I know you, I believe you came and lived and died and rose again. And so Lord, I want to experience that power, save me. The second part of that is submission. Make him your Lord and King. So Jesus from here out, it's not my way, it's your way. I wanna follow you and I wanna put my faith and trust in you. Hey, if you're watching this right now and the Lord's pounding on your heart and God's telling you, hey, I'm talking to you, it's your time. It's your time to surrender your life. I, I have abundant joy ready for you. And you're ready to do that. Maybe right now you've already prayed and you've given your life to Jesus Christ, to save your Lord. There's a number. It's about to come up right now on the screen. It's gonna tell you these instructions exactly what to do. Man, you just text that right now. Text next steps. Hey, I'm ready to take my next steps. I, I've, I've placed my faith and trust in Jesus. Or maybe you just want help in that. You're like, hey, this, this pastor boy, he's talking fast. I don't exactly know what I'm supposed to be doing, but I want to give my life to Jesus. Somebody help me. All you do right now, just text next steps. You want to give your life to Christ? Right now, you just text next steps. We want to help you take those next steps. You know, we also realize though that some of you are watching right now and the truth is what the Lord is telling you, you've placed your faith in Jesus as Savior and Lord, but you're not enjoying him. You're not enjoying him because you're not a part of the church like you're supposed to be. You're not using your gifts to build his kingdom. You're, you haven't bought in to the mission that God saved you for. If that's you right now, I just want to, want you to text connect. Hey, God, that's, I'm not connected to the kingdom, to, to the church, and I'm not connected to the mission that God has, and I want to. So I want to get connected. I want to get connected with some other believers and I want to grow and I want to figure out how to live on mission for God. Hey, I'm going to pray for us right now and we're just going to ask God to bless this. If you're a Christian, you're a follower of Christ, right where you're at in your home, I want to ask you to pray with me. I want you to pray with me that as this, this broadcast goes out, all over the world, in different countries and in different places, that the word of God would not return void and that many people would come to know the joy and the abundant joy that we have because of Jesus Christ. We pray with me, God, right now, we love you. And we're thankful that you loved us, that even hundreds upon hundreds of years before, you showed us there's a day coming that you would come and die for us and that we would experience your resurrection and your power. Thank you so much for the work of Jesus. We don't deserve it, We are not worthy of it. But God, you knew every sin we would ever commit and you still came and died for us. So God, we just want to praise you. Lord, I want to pray right now for those who might not know you. God, would you use this message? Would you use your word to bring those who are dead to life? Would you bring new life and let them know the abundant joy for your church, God, I pray that the power of your spirit would fall on your people and that we would live life in that abundant joy not walking around sulking. Let us enjoy you and in this abundant joy ride that we get with you. God, would it show off your glory and your renown and would people be attracted to the goodness of the gospel and the love of your family because of the way we live and follow you. So God, wake us up. Give us a white, hot passion for you. God, would you give us a white hot zeal to love you and to enjoy you and to hold nothing back in celebrating your goodness. So maybe some need to end this sermon and go back and watch the worship set all over again and sing to you all over again, because you are good and you are worthy and you're worth it. So God, would you move through this like only you can. We love you, we praise you, and God, we enjoy you. For it's in your holy name we pray, amen. Hey guys, God bless you. Thank you so much for joining in with us. We pray uh, that God is gonna continue to move and work through the preaching of his word. Continue to join in with us as we love, grow, and send. Shirley Hills, we are sent. God bless you guys. Happy Mother's Day. We'll see you soon.